We're starting now the three parshias. There's really more than three parshias because the, the, the Tzave and Kisisa is also really Avtrume, Tzave, Kisisa, Vayakob, Kude, they're all entrenched with Asiyas HaMishkan. So right away, just on the outset, without going into the depth, there's a pillar that stands out, and that is that Brias Olam, the creation of the world, all the Chochmas Haboyre in the creation of the world, is compacted in Breshis, in the beginning of Parshas Breshis, or the 31 Pesukim. So the Gansavelt, everything that we see around us is 31 Pesukim. Those the Gansavelt. Remember there was a Yid in, in Lakewood, an old Yid, they say he was the one that the Chazanish gave the doctors the direction how to heal this man. It's a famous story. But the story goes that this man was given from the doctors, they said he has a week before he's going to die. Can't live for more than he can't. Normal, naturally speaking, he can't live for more than a week. And he came to the Chazanish, and the Chazanish told him, he's going to be okay. Lava So the story goes that he told the Chazanish, but the doctor said, I have a week. Like, in other words, he was trying to impress upon the Chazanish. It's not something you take care of next month. This is now. So the story goes, the Chazanish took out a Sefer Bereshis, and he turned one page. Bereshis. He said, in there, in these couple of psukim, the Eibish that created the Gansavelt, in Zexteg, your food could be done quicker. Don't worry. Zorzachnit. But the fact is that everything is here. The Gansa Briyasayalam, everything. 31 psukim. Now we come to build a little Mishkon, a couple of breaklachs, some wood, small, lot smaller than this building. 450 psukim. And I see it's a Mishkon. Haitoch. It's Pshat. The base Hamigdash doesn't get such a mention. There's even a Shaila that the dimensions of the Beis Hamigdash were different. Dimensions of some of the Kalim were different. The Chsam Soifer deals with this. The Briskerov deals with this. A Novi Rashi Lachadish Dovo. A Novi can't change anything. So how are the changes done to the Klei Hamishkon? Klei Hamigdash. And again, there's a lot of Biurim and Bihurim, the basic line of thinking is that the tzivui of the Asiyas Klei Amigdosh was do it al pinovi. That itself was the tzivui. So the, the tzivui of the building of the Mishkan was do it according to the spec that the Novi will show you. And therefore, that's not called a Novi changing something. That's sticking to the script. The script of the Torah is Asher that's the, that's the basic. I don't want to go into this because I want to bring out a different Nekudah about Asiyas and Mishkin, which is a very Chosh of Nekudah. But the fact that the Torah devoted 450 psukim 
verses, the 31 in Bereshis, have to, have to wake you up that there's something special about the Mishkan. And now let's think about the Mishkan. How long really was the Mishkan supposed to last for? Well, without the Chet of the Meraglam, this would have been a very short, this would have been a very temporary building. Very, very temporary. It was temporary anyway. It was a 40-year Mishkan. But it wasn't supposed to be a 40-year. Right? It was supposed to be... It would have been Mamish, Ablik, the Gansa Mishkan. So the Torah is spending 450 psukim on what? On something that's supposed to be like a Piftimu Bachutz? Is that what it's supposed to be? I still remember Rabbi Yankiv Zatzal. We had a little minion in his house. All the years we had a minion in his basement. A small little minion. Rabbi Yankiv was always very involved in, in the beautification of that minion. In, in, of, of the structure. Remember they got new ceiling tiles. Those are the old days we used to have asbestos square tiles. So they, they upgraded to some they call it texture t- tiles, but it was a little, you know, a little decor to the tile. I remember the excitement he had for the, oh, for Osali Migdosh. He was very involved, the wood paneling. They brought him samples of the wood paneling. Today, that wood paneling, your mothers would not allow in the suke. Zichanan, in the garage, not the suke. But then, the, the, that was the, the wood paneling. He was always involved. But then they did a temporary extension to the minion. So they added like, uh, today it wouldn't be called an extension, they added like uh, 15 feet. Went into another part of the basement. So while they did that, they put up a temporary wall. Sheetrock. Bianca said they should paint it. It was only going to be up for a couple of weeks to paint it. So the, the guy there was telling Rabiankiv, you know, like Hilo Rabiankiv doesn't have. Shiva, it's only a couple of weeks. He said, Kuk was Mishkan. was only supposed to be. <laughs> Look what they invested in the Mishkan. No? So anyway, of course, they painted it. The question is, why would the Torah be Mashkia so much in the Mishkan when it, the whole thing is temporary? And then the Torah goes out of its way to say, This Mishkan is standing forever. You may think that the Mishkan is gone. No, even till today, it's still around. The Koshim, wherever they are, they didn't deteriorate. Better than treks. Today everybody makes treks, right, on the deck, so it shouldn't rot. Better than treks. It's oimid So forgetting the unbelievableness, atzei shitim, thousands of years not to deteriorate. It's take a huge ness. What's the tachlis? What's the purpose of that? The binyan ha'asi. There's a machlokes mishoyim. The baliatoisvis and the rambam. If the future beis hamidrash and mitzvashem sheibona b'meruv yamenu, is it going to be made be'esh? From Shemayim, is it going to be made Bidei Odom? The Rambam learns it's going to be made Bidei Odom. Most of the Rishonim Achoyluk with the Rambam. It's going to come down, Meshuchlo. It's going to come down ready made. It's even a Shaila how going to Mekayim a mitzvah of Vasuli Mikdosh. So the Gon, the Vilna Gon says that we're going to put on the doors. 
And with that, just like Shabbos, by, by Nichsei Ager, if you put on a door, no, I'll go to Poratz, it's like you coined it, it's a chazoke. So the Gon says that when, we, when the Besamish will come down, it's going to come down without the doors, and we will erect the doors to be Mekayim the Mitzvah. And then he puts it into the davening. We say that the Eivish, the Yerotzoin, Shibon, right? The Beis Amish will come. It says, the, it says in the davening, in the Musaf, we say this. Fareinu bivinyonoi. Hareinu, the Goyen says, you're going to show us the building. Hashem is going to bring it down. Fisamcheinu, you're going to give us the joy bisikunoi. We're going to do the tikkun, we'll do the final, the putting on the doors. That'll be our, that's our chilek. Right? But l'choladeis. Say if you hold like the Rambam. Say if you hold like the other Rishonim. The Mishkan is not going to be used. So what in the world is the Abish trying to tell us by saying that these Atsi Shittim that will never be used again are going to last. Miraculously last. Clearly there's a purpose for this Ness. There's a Tachlos for this Ness. That it should stay forever. That the Atsi Shittim should stay forever. Why? What's the point of it? I mean, the Sipurno deals with the uh, engineering, the longevity of the Mishkan. The Sipurno asks, how you talking? That the Mishkan should be forever. It was such a weak building. And the Beis Hamikdash not. So he, the Sipurno says the Mishkan was put up with Pitzalel and Aliyah and, and Chachmei, the Tzadikim. And the Binyan Shoshwame was, they had the secular Goyeshe people involved also. Well, it doesn't have the same purity. But the question is, what was the tachlis of this miracle? What's the point of the miracle? One other nekuda. The parasha begins, Abel b'nei Yisrael, v'yikhu li tuma. V'yikhu is they should take. It should really say v'yitnu. They should give. It's altakasha. There's a Medrash plea I said many years ago. The Medrash plea learns out from here. Mikan shemekadshim isho beloy kesef. That you can be mekadish a woman without money. What does that mean? So the pshat in the Medrash plea is the Gemara says in Kedushin that if you if a odom choshev is mekabel a gift from a woman, and his derech is not to accept gifts. So that he could use that Anah that he's accepting the money for Kedushin. Because he's giving her. He's giving her the benefit of accepting the gift. If you went to Abhaim and you gave him a watch, he wouldn't wear it anyway because it's Pegadisha. But, and he took the watch from you. So whatever the watch would be, a $10,000 watch or a $100,000 watch, you're going to have a lot more Anah than he does. He took the, he took the watch. It's Anah. The Gemara says you could use that for Kedushin. So that's the only time you could find that you're using Kesef for Kedushin. And physically, the woman is actually giving you. And it's not Kikach, Vekisikach, because you're giving her by accepting it. Is Medrash, where do we see a source to this? You gave to the Mishkan, it's called Vehikli Truma. The Ebesh is the ultimate of Mchashif. By the Ebesh accepting the Nidvas HaMishkan, we were getting. Anoya. You could be Makadish in a case, you can Makadish a woman without Kesef, Adam Choshev. Okay, but that's all Lepopula Baum. Right? What is the message? What is the message? 
And the truth is, it's a steer. The pasuk itself is a steer. Because if you're going to tell me the is coming to tell you that when you give Hashem, you're really taking whatever that means in wamdus in machshava, whatever it means. But then the end of the pasuk doesn't fit. What's what's tikhu? Talking to the Gabite stalker. Take. I thought you're not taking. I thought the Yid is taking. So the Pesach itself is a shtikl steer. The Pesach itself contradicts itself. Who's, who's the taker and who's the giver? At the beginning of the Pesach, it sounds like we're the takers. V'yikhuli truma. The end of the Pesach is tikhu es trumasi. Another little question. If the person is, mehez kolish what are you taking? You're taking his truma, his donation. What's So the idea that I want to share with you is not my own. It's found in the Gon in Shira Shirim. It's found in the Alshech HaKodesh in this week's Parsha. It's found in the Nefesh HaChayim from Chaim Valozhenel. To some degree it's found in the Nitziv Mivalozhen. The Nitziv Mivalozhen is Hamek Dover. He's aiming on the fact that there was this Amateraksin. The, the Pasuk says that the Parochas, the Beis Hamidosh had three parts, right? You had the Chotel, you had the Kodesh, and the Kodesh Kedoshim. So, between the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kedoshim, Kodesh Kedoshim, nobody could go in there. Only a Koyen would avoid the Sim Kippel. There was a Parochas. But the Pasuk uses the Loshim, the Hivdilo Lochem HaParochas. Min HaKodesh LaKodesh HaKodoshim. So he says, what, what's the V'hivdilo lochem the Nitziv He says, the Torah is coming to allude to the fact that there was the Amateraksin, which means that between the two Parochasin, there was a space. There was an Amma. There was actually two Parochasin, and that Amma, that Amma in the middle was not off limits. So that's lochem. V'hivdilo lochem HaParochas the Parochas, which separates between the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kedoshim, there's a space there, theoretically, that's a place, Lochem, even though the Kodesh Kedoshim is off limits, this is there for you. What's, what's the purpose of this space? And the Torah is telling you, you should know, there's a space there between, I mean, who's busy, who's interested in being between the curtains? What's, what's the point of being between the curtains? So I'm going to tell you, Omer Hadikamaiseh, from Rabbi Yachmiel Vexler, Zechrena Levrochen. He was a very, very wealthy Balstoke who lived in America. Later he immigrated to Eretz Yisrael. He was Zechet to be the father-in-law of Rabbi Tzal Zolti. Rabbi Tzal Zolti was the Rav of Yerushalayim. A big gong. With the little bit that we have from Rabbi Tzal Zolti is in the Mishnah Yaivitz, in the, in the Svarim that he has on Moyadim, he has it on Arachayim, he has on Evanezer and Cheshemishpat. But if you ever heard of Rabbi Tzal Zolti, a shtikul Torah from Rabbi Tzal Zolti, 
It's like from a, it's like from another world. It's like a, it's it's it has such a gishmakite. It's like mamish. It's a, it's a it's a Viennese table lahavdul of terror. Right? It's mouth watering, mouth watering terror. You could argue this. It's a it's a it's 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 svogalach that you could argue, but it's mamish. It's uh, it's kevaldik. Mitzal Zolti, we know on one side where he came from. His mother was an almona at a very young age. The story how he became role of Yerushalayim was that there were two contenders that they were going to appoint for the heads. One of the two were going to be the Rav Roshi of Yerushalayim. One of them was Rav Levine, Zechat Tzadik Levrocha. He had an unbelievable yichus. He was the son of Rabbi Yilavim, the tzaddik of Yerushalayim. That was one contestant. And the other one was of Betzal Zolte. Zichon Tzadikim They were leaning towards Rav Levim. Because Rav Levim was Rabbi son. There's a certain, yes, there is something about being Rabbi Yilavim's son. They were leaning towards that. And they were pressuring him to take the position he didn't want to. But he was almost ready to do it. He was about to say yes. He said, before I say yes, I want to know who the, who the other person, who else are you considering? They said, we only have one other consideration. And it's a far second from you. You're the one who we want. He said, who is the other one? They said, Bitzal Zolti. He walked out. I'm not taking it. Walked out, give it to Bitzal. That's how Bitzal Zolti became the Rabbi they ran after him. They said, Rabbeinu, what, what, what got you so scared off from Sal Zolti? He's a sweet guy. He's not going to be upset. Sal Zolti. He said, you know what Sal Zolti is? My father, Rabbi Levine, was once walking very late at night. And he saw a woman by a bus stop, sitting on a, on a bench by a bus stop. And she was sewing socks. In those days, today you can't even imagine such a thing in a world where everything gets thrown out. When the socks got holes, you know, Kedarach B'nai Torah by the toes. Some B'nai Torah have a minute dafka to wear those kind of socks. So in those days, they would actually fix it. And actually, some women, they were, they were perfectionists that knowing how to do that without you know, the material getting all gathered together, it should still be comfortable to wear. And they made a couple of putas sewing up the socks. So this old lady, who she wasn't old, she was Nebuchadnezzar, I shouldn't call her old, she was Nebuchadnezzar, sitting there, so it was clear she had a bag of these and she's sewing them. And Rabbi Levine passed her and it was late at night and he knew she was an almona. He just burst out, he burst out crying. And he asked her what he could do, what he could do to help her, this, this. She said, since my husband was Nifter, this is my biggest joy. What do you mean this is your biggest joy to sit at night by a bus stop sewing socks? She said, this is my biggest joy. She said, I have a little son. His name is Betzal. And he's a cheder rabbi that teaches him Torah. And this money goes for that. And I want it to be pure. The money I pay the Malamed, I want it to be from my heart. So I sew these socks, L'shem Talmud Torah. And that money I give to the Malamed. And don't even think of taking it away from me. So Rav Levine said, Ayid, whose mother did that? 
You want me to be the other? You want me to be the other Yerushalayim? Not even a Havamin is Shabbat Walked away from the job. That's how Betzal Zolti became the love. But now you wonder, okay, so now we know where, his, where, where he came from. Who was Zeichet to have him as a son-in-law? The father-in-law was actually a, a very wealthy man. Taka, a wonderful person about Stalker. His name was Rabbi Yachmiel Vexler. Who was he? So I'm going to tell you the, wh- wh- who Rabbi Yachmiel Vexler was. And Rabbi Sal Zolti himself only found out about this a year or two before his father-in-law passed away. When his father-in-law was already mamish, an older man, he was Zeich Yomim. Listen to this story. And this mamish will bring out the point that we're trying to say here. What happened was like this. Rabbi Yachmiel Vexler lived at that time in Florida when this, this story took place. Not, there weren't many Eden in Florida. Definitely very few Ehrlich Eden in Florida. And he was the only address, if a Talmud Chachem was stuck in Florida those days, that's where they would end up. You're talking about years and years pre-war. That's they ended up by him. The Chofetz Chaim Zechat had a Talmud that was coming to America because he had some kind of medical treatment that was needed. He came to America for medical treatment. The young man came to America. The Chofetz Chaim told him, Rabid, I'm planning in Mitzvah Shem to put out the Shemir Saloshim. I need money for it. I need money for the Sefer. I think it was Shemir Saloshim, maybe it was the Mishabur. One of the Chofetz Chaim's Iker Svarim. He said, I need money. So I would like you, going to America, I would like you to raise the money. The guy was thrilled. <laughs> First of all, to be Zeicher, to raise the money for his Rebbe, for Sefer, Chofetz Chaim. He was thrilled. But then, and he knew he could do it in five minutes. Because even then, in America, there's money. He'll, he'll, he'll find somebody. Chavetz Chaim says, but I have conditions. So then the guy realizes it's not going to be so plush. He's not taking the money from anybody. First he said, first he got rid of a, a wide swap of people. Has to be a Shem Shabbos. It can't be somebody that's Machal Shabbos or ever was Machal Shabbos. Okay, so now we're dealing with... We just went from a world to a little, a little minion of people. Okay. The guy still felt, I'll find. I'll find. Chavetz Chaim said then, condition number two. Should not be somebody that's looking for a shutif. Has to be that they say that this is... I want to do this myself. And if they tell you, you know... I know that because I know that when I, a lot of times when I raise money and I need, I'm short a large sum of money, let's say I need $100,000 for payroll. Happens sometimes. Baruch Hashem, this year it happened a couple of times and every time Hashem, the British sent quickly shluchim. But it happens. So you have two kinds of people. You have one person that runs to give it. You have the other person that says, Rosh Hashiva, maybe get me a shutif. Right? Give me a partner. Right? When you have a good deal, people don't ask for partners, they want to take it themselves. Chavetz Chaim didn't want somebody who's looking for a shutif. I want shutifim. He should say he wants to do this himself. So now, we went from the world to this little group of people, now you cut that in half. Then the Chavetz Chaim said, the Sefer will have no dedications in it. So if the guy wants to pay for the Sefer and then he has dedication, no dedications. 
Yes, forget about it. And then, one last condition has to be anonymous. The guy, the guy went from ready to dance some chesterah to he knows that's not happening. I'm not going to... He said, okay, Chavetz Chaim, he's still going to try, but he realized that that's not happening. Anyway, when he was in New York for his treatment, he asked around, he went to a couple of very wealthy people, they, they, not, they laughed him out of the house. You want to think we should get all the money anonymously, no name, <laughs> go jump in the lake. We love the Chavetz Chaim, but go jump in the lake. The doctors suggested at that time that the climate, it was the winter, it's very cold, because he was going through this treatment, he should be in Florida. He should take, take off some time and be in warm climate. Went to Florida. He meets Rabbi Rachmiel Vexler. Rabbi Rachmiel Vexler was this big veer, big tzaddik. He says, where can I stay in Florida? He says, at that point when he met Rabbi Wexler, he already gave up. He was miyayish on anybody giving him money for the Chavetz Chaim. So that was almost off his... Now he just wants to know where to stay. So Rabbi, Rabbi Rachmiel, of course, told him, you're staying by me. He didn't give him a choice. He moved him into his house. Mamish took care of him like it was his son. Anyway, the guy was already finished. He was there for three weeks. He's going back to New York. Rabbi Yachmiel Vexler takes him to the airport where he took him to go back to New York. The last, as, the, as he's taking leave of him, he says, you know, I forgot about, I'm going to tell, tell this guy about the Chavetz Chaim. He says, Rabbi Yachmiel, just tell you, the Chavetz Chaim wants to put out a safe out. And before I came to America, he said that if I, if I could be Misayayayim, he didn't have a chance to finish. Rabbi Yachmiel said, I'm doing it. But I have three conditions. I don't want any shutzim. I'm doing it myself. I don't want any dedications in it. And nobody should ever know that I'm the one that did it. The exact streets in Hormel Tachavetz Chaim. So this Meshulach, when he became older, older, he felt an obligation to tell Rav Betzal Zolti who his father-in-law was. He ran to his father-in-law, he told his father-in-law. His father-in-law burst out crying. He said, this was the one mitzvah I did lishma. I thought I'm going to go to the Kisya Kovid, nobody will know it. And now it's been broken. He made him promise he shouldn't tell anybody, Rav Betzal Zolti. Tzal Zolti already told his wife, but he made him promise not going to tell anybody. That's a Tzal Zolti's package. But his, his shver was crying. He said, this is the one mitzvah that I was going to Shemayim pure. The Nitzvah Valozhin says that the Amateraksin represents the ability for the Jew to do something just for the Rabbeinu Shalom. Just like when the Koyen Godel goes to Fnaim, it's only him. Nobody knows. It's him and the Rabbani Shalom. Every Jew needs that. Every Jew needs a piece of the Kodesh Kedoshim. That's the Amateraksin. The Amateraksin is where Rabbi Yachmiel Vexler walked in when he gave the Tzedakah for the Chavetz Chaim. That's the, that's the Amateraksin. That's what it is. The Mishkan is very unique because the Mishkan is not there like the Beis HaMikdash. The Beis Hamikdash represents a location, uh, the holiest location of the world, Evan Shesia, the, the ultimate Malcolm Har Maria, no question. But the Shechina is limited. 
the Gilu Shechina of the Mikdash is limited to that location. And it trumps all other locations. As long as there's a base Hamikdash, you can't have a bomber, there's Isra Bamas. Right? Till today, you can't be Mark of a Korm outside because of the base Hamikdash. Kedushal Shatzov, Kedushal Asadlava. The Mishkan represents the Hashwas Hashchina in us. The Hashwas Hashchina that each Jew, Vishachanti Besoicham, each Jew. The Mishkan represents the Adam, the human being himself. That's what the Mishkan represents. The Shulchan represents your table, the table of Gemilus Chesed. The Menorah represents Torah. The Mizbeach represents Avoida. These are everlasting symbols for us in our own lives to absorb the Ashur And that could never be destroyed. Our enemies could break walls. They can't break the Ashur that's in us. And to symbolize that, the Abish made a mess that the Atzishitim are preserved forever. Not for the purpose that it would. So we understand that the Ashras HaShchina of the Beis HaMinglish, that's always there. The Mishkan teaches us that we have the ability, the everlasting ability, to draw from that Shechina. It's all totally in one thing, our Ratzon. It's our Ratzon. Our Ratzon to connect to the Shechina. I always say one of the one of the, it's this me'iri should be plastered all over because it's a me'iri in Mesech Shabbos. The Gemara says that the Shechin is l'mala me'irashesim shalchoyla. The Shechin is on top of a sick person. So I saw interesting tshuvas over the years written on this. How sick does that mean? Stam a guy has a flu. Now they have this new virus. What, how do you become a choyla that qualifies for Shechin on top of the head? What happens if you have 100.2? Is it totally in Shabbos? What's it totally in? You know what the me'iri says? The Miri says, the Shechina Lamala Merashoisim Shulchoyla is based on one thing. That the Choyla is Margish Shehubakapu Shulakodish Bo. It's not magic. The guy's very sick, the Shechina comes. The Choyla brings the Shechina by him feeling connected to it. He overcomes the Nisoyan of what people feel every day. The Choyla feels. That he needs Hashem, Mamela, the Shechin is over there. That Mishkin is always available. That's Oymid La'adu Omeyelam. That's the godless of the Mishkin. That's the godless of the Mishkin. Part of that Mishkin is to know that your life is not your life, it's Hashem gave you that life. Last week I said over an Alshech HaKodesh and Shul, the Alshech says, why does it say, Ki Sikna Evid Ivri? That's not true. You're not buying an Evid Ivri. That sounds like you're buying from a goy, a Jewish slave. You're buying a Jew. Should say kisikne ivri. Chazal actually struggle. What are we talking about? Are we talking about a, a Jew who was bought by a goy? Why did the terrorist stray stray? Kisikne ivri. And you know what the terrorist is? The Alshach says. Hashem is telling you the Evet that you bought is already an Evet. You and he are an Eved Hashem. Every single Jew is an Eved Ivri. Before, before this purchase. And in you really bought nothing. 
And that's why it's an introduction to Parashas Mishpat. Because if a person realizes his life is not his own, he's on borrowed time by the Rabbani Shalel, his money is not his own, then Parashas Mishpat becomes a breeze. That's why Evan Ivri starts. The first words, Kisikna Evan Ivri, is introduction to Parashas Mishpat. That's the insight. When, we, when the Rabbani gives us the mitzvah of the, of the Mishkan, the real myth, mitzvah is that we should bring the Shekhinah into our lives. Bring the Shekhinah into our lives means we realize everything we have is from the Rabbanish level. We realize the money that we have is not ours. The money is not ours. I just told the 12th grade we were learning Bikis. I asked them a pshat kasha. Pshat! That means if you want to give something to Hekdish, you just have to say it. That means it's easier to transfer something to Rishos Hektish. The same Gemara says, If you steal something and the Bailam didn't give up, so who owns the object now, the Bailam? Even if you're old Yish, the Bailam can't be Maktishin and the Ganav can't. The Ganav obviously can't be Maktishin. It's not his. So I asked the Talmudim, I don't understand. We don't find in other areas of Allah, you could be Makadish a woman with something that's not in your Rishos. If she's ready to accept it. I can be Makadish a woman with money that's not in my Rishos, as long as it's mine. So why, by Hektish, which is normally easier, Amira, you just say it. Why does Hektish need to be Bishusai? Pshat. So I told him Pashup Pshat. Well, I think it's Pashup Pshat. The Yerushalmi says in Kedushan, why is Amir Lugavoy Kemesir Lajim? Why Takad? Why does Amir work? You know what the Yerushalmi says? Lashem Haaretz Moya. What does the Yerushalmi mean? Everything Mimela belongs to the Rabbi Shalala. If I'm giving you something, I'm giving you something that I own to whatever degree a person can own it, and I'm giving it to you. For that, you need a strong Kenyan. The Rabbanu already owns everything. So therefore, you just an Amira. So what are you really giving the Rabbanu Shalom? You're acknowledging that the rights that you have to that object, Hashem gave you, you're being Masalik from them. If it's not Rishusa, you're not giving him anything. What are you telling Hashem? Okay, I have this item that's, it, it is theoretically mine, but it's not in my domain to use. So what are you giving me? Liyak Hesav Liyazov. By Hekdish, the only thing you're giving Hashem is Rishusai. What, you, what you're dedicating to Hashem is that use that Hashem let you use it. But if you don't even have that, what are you giving Shemayim? That's Pshat. Why? It has to be Bilshusai. That's why by the Mishkan, you have to realize, mate, what are you giving? The Yikuli Truma, you're just taking, you're moving money that Hashem put over here and you're putting it over there. It's not the Yitnu. But what could you give Hashem? Your acknowledgement that Hashem If he has the right thought, that's what he could... That thought, that thought that the person has, that that you could take from him. That's transferable. That you could take from that person. That's all you could take. And therefore the lesson of the Mishkan really is 
that the Shechina is readily available to all of us. We just have to acknowledge it. We have to acknowledge it. It's not hiding. We have to wake up. And if you realize everything in life is a gift from the Rabbani Shalom, then you'll see Ashwas HaShechina in everything. And your life turns into a different life. Your life is a different life. Like the Sefer HaChinuch says, Loisikoim, Loisitor, all of these things are all based on what? They're all based on a perception that you're running the world. That's what the Sefer HaChinuch says. He says the burning desire to take revenge is, comes from kfirah. Comes from you believing that that person impacted your life. Now it's true, they decided to do it, they had Bechira to be the, to be the Shliach. But so what? So what? If the mailman delivers to your house a lawsuit of a million dollars, you're not angry at the mailman. It's true, he delivered it. How angry are you going to be at him? How angry could you be at the mailman? The revenge, the burning revenge, is that you think that that person impacted you. That's the Vishachanti Besoichem. And since the whole job of us being in this world is being makabal ashuras hashchinah, that's why there's more of an arichas about the mishkan than there is about briyasolam, because it's not two different parshias. This is the mission statement of Sefer Breishis. Parshas Breishis is the external, external element of the world. And these parashas, these 450 psukim, give us guidance how to make those 31 psukim meaningful. So this is the ikel. This is the ikel. And that's just the tofel. It's memele mevorech, mevorech ala ikel pointed as hatofel. That's why this is the ikel. That's what this is all about. And that perhaps could be why if somebody gives tztokeh, hidalochi is, if somebody gives tztokeh, like the Gemara says above That means not what some people think, that it's five, six, and five. No, it's six and eleven. That means that there's almost double the amount of brochas given to somebody who gives the Oni a brocha. The God puts it into the Pasuk. It says, You shouldn't feel bad when you give tzedakah. Hazer is Bigmatria 17. Right? Hazer. So he says, what's the Hazer? You should give it to him with your, with your whole Neshama. Because of this, you'll get the 17 brachas. Why do you get more brachas for giving him a bracha than giving the money? The Territ says, because the brachas is taka yours. The bracha piece that you gave the Oni is yours. That's yours, Taka. The money, you're just a shlich. The bracha is, is, is more. The Yedvenu Libay, that's, that's really what you have. That's your stake. That's your stake in it. We should all be zeicha to bring the shechina into our lives. We should all be zeicha to vishachanti b'seicha. Have, something has an emergency, but after that, okay? Somebody just.